The LA Kings winning streak comes to an end in Arizona as they now get ready for a big showdown against Vegas. We'll discuss the Kings shootout loss in the desert that included the return of Brendan Lemieux and we'll talk about Jonathan Quick's return to net as well. All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. As for the LA Kings, they played their last game before the Christmas break on Friday in Arizona against the Coyotes, looking to extend their winning streak to a season-high five in a row. Checking the lineups that the Kings uh, put out on the ice for that game, we had the top line of Andre Kopitar at center with Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala. Second line of Philip Deneau centering Trevor Moore and Alex Ayafalo. The third line would have Blake Lazat with Gabe Velarde and Victor Arvidsson on the wings. And the fourth line would have Rasmus Kupari centering Brendan Lemieux and Jarrett Anderson-Dolan. Your defensive pairings were Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy and Sean Dursey, Jordan Spence and Sean Walker, and in net, Jonathan Quick. Uh, the scratches were Arthur Kaliev still nursing that um, blocked shot uh, injury that he took, the lower body injury, Carl Grunstrom and defenseman Alex Edler. One of the biggest lineup changes was the return of Brendan Lemieux, seeing game action for the first time since November the 12th. He had missed 23 games in a row with a lower body injury. Gabe Velarde moved up to the third line. Alex Iafalo still playing on that second line. Victor Arvidsson remaining on the third line. And good to see Jordan Spence back in the lineup after missing the last game. And, of course, all eyes were going to be on Jonathan Quick, who was back in net for the first time since December the 11th when he lost in a shootout to Columbus. Actually, I think it was an overtime game in Columbus. Uh, but Quick had sat and watched Phoenix Copley make five starts in a row. So Jonathan Quick may be a little bit rusty, but back in the net for the second of back-to-back games of the Kings, this time in Arizona after their game the previous night in Los Angeles. And the, the Kings were wearing their fabulous reverse white retro jerseys, which I, I probably should have worn for this one because it was an early Christmas present for me. Perhaps you got one of those awesome reverse retros for, uh, for a Christmas present for you. Uh, one interesting note, about this game is that there was only one referee uh, with the severe weather going on across the country. There have been some travel issues uh, and it resulted in one of the referees not being able to make the game. Uh, some of you might not remember that for most of the history of the NHL, they only used one referee uh, and two linesmen. Um, I believe they switched to the two referee system in the 2000, 2001 season. Uh, and it's been a two referee, two linesman system uh, ever since. Uh, and the officiating in this game would be an issue, in my opinion. Uh, as for a recap of the game, first period was a relatively even period. Uh, neither team really established themselves. However, the Coyotes did get um, a lot of extra advantages because of the officiating. About 10 minutes in, 
the Kings' Jarrett Anderson Dolan laid a clean, hard hit into the corner on a Coyotes player. A minor scrum ensued, but it was an opportunity for Brendan Lemieux back in the lineup to do what he does, which is to mix it up and agitate at times. Uh, he did get into a, uh, a gloved punching exchange with one of the Coyotes. And for some reason, Lemieux got two roughing minors, while the Arizona player Lawson Krauss got one roughing minor, resulting in a Coyotes power play. Right after that, Trevor Moore unfortunately took a tripping call, and Arizona had an extended two-man advantage, and they would score almost immediately to take a one nothing lead. Later, Adrian Kempe would take the Kings' fourth penalty of the opening period, but L.A. would kill it off. Uh, because of the number of times the Kings were shorthanded uh, in that first period, the Kings were outshot 15-5 to and perhaps fortunate to only be down one to nothing. Second period, LA would finally get their first power play opportunity of the game, and they would take advantage of it. Defenseman Sean Dursey putting a shot on goal from the point. Um, eventually, it would come around uh, to Alex Iafalo, who would blast a slap shot from the top of the right faceoff circle, and the game was tied at one apiece. Um, and that would be the only scoring of the second period, uh, despite LA getting three more power play opportunities, uh, and the Coyotes getting two more. Uh, L.A. outshot Arizona 15-4 to in that second period. Third period, not too much action. Uh, Mikey Anderson was called for a phantom tripping call. Arizona not able to score, though, on the man advantage. Shots on goal in the third were even at just five on five apiece. Uh, so not a lot going on uh, in that third period. Maybe both teams kind of uh, playing it close to the vest. Maybe both teams happy to get a point, although Arizona, they're they're not doing well this year. You would think they'd be going for pretty much every victory they could get. Maybe the Kings were, though, a little bit. Who knows? Um, but we would go to overtime, and in the overtime, Drew Doughty would be called for tripping the Kings, though able to kill off the four-on-three power play for Arizona. Shots on goal in overtime favored Arizona 4-2, to two, but no goal scored, so we would go to the shootout, and the only goal scored in the shootout came from Arizona's Nick Bukestead, Gabe Velarde, Trevor Moore, and Adrian Kempe all failed to score. Uh, Moore's uh, attempt uh, went off his stick as he was stick handling, and he really didn't get a shot on goal for Velarde and uh, Kempe. They actually did get shots on goal, but the saves were made by the Coyotes' netminder. So Arizona wins the game 2-1 in a shootout. Uh, Alex Aya followed the lone goal, his fourth of the season. Jonathan Cook allowed one goal on 24 shots in regulation in overtime. He allowed one of the three shooters to score in the shootout. The Kings' four-game winning streak came to an end, and their seven-game winning streak in Arizona also coming to an end. L.A. did get a point out of it to improve to 19-12-6 in the season for 44 points, 45 points, or I should say 45, four points behind the Vegas Golden Knights and four points up on the Seattle Kraken for second place in the Pacific Division heading into the holiday break. Uh, the four-game winning streak for the Kings, I mentioned, coming to an end. Uh, they did eventually outshoot uh, the Coyotes despite that big uh, disparity in the opening period. Uh, 24, 27 to 24, the Kings outshooting Arizona. Kings were one for two on the power play. Arizona was one for six. Uh, the Kings were the better team in the faceoff circle, winning 57.8% of the draws. Arizona was the more physical team, out hitting the Kings 39 22. And the Kings had more block shots, 18 to 10. So those were the particulars of the game. What about the analysis of what we saw? Well, that's coming up in just a second. 
But first, this episode is brought to you by NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, and if you become too many, as the evening comes to a close and people start to head out, you think about calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So not a great performance by the Kings in Arizona, but honestly, not a bad one either. Uh, I mentioned that there was only one referee for the game, uh, but damn, it, it seemed like there were about four referees on the ice, judging by the number of penalties that were called. Um, well, at least I should say number of penalties that were called on the Kings. Um, not all of them were bad calls, but there were a couple of calls that definitely went against LA that were, um, I would say, very questionable. Um I think I think the penalties, the number of penalties definitely affected the Kings being able to get into a flow offensively. Also, you know, you have to shuffle lines up a bit because of the number of times you've got your penalty kill unit out there. So that certainly didn't help. Um, so I wasn't a fan at all of the way that the game was officiated. I don't know if the one referee had some effect on how the game was officiated. Um, very odd. Um, I don't know if he felt like he needed to make a lot of calls because he was the only one out there and he wanted to kind of control the game. It's possible, but either way, I mean, if you're going to do that, I mean, you should try and even it up, I would say, because it wasn't like the Kings were just out there being really stupid and taking a lot of, I mean, there are the, the, the penalties were pretty ticky tack, but again, they seem to be very one-sided against the Kings. So again, I was not a fan of the officiating uh, there were some calls that went against the Kings that I did not agree with. Um, but in the end, they, it is what it is, and the Kings got to do a better job of staying out of the box. Although the little Mew penalty, which we'll talk about in a second, and then the the tripping call on Mikey Anderson, those were missed calls. Those were bad calls. Um, good to see Alex Iafalo getting another goal, uh, his second in three games as he's returning off an extended period of being out of the lineup. Uh, a big slap shot from him from the top of the right faceoff circle on the power play, usually uh, you think of Alex Iafala scoring. It's usually in close with a wrist shot or a backhander. He's he's not known for his big wind-up slap shot, at least as far as I know. Um, but he was in the lineup on the second power play unit on that right side because of the injury to Arthur Kaliev. So great to see him getting an extra role uh, and some extended minutes in that situation and coming through with a big goal. So that was great. Um, as far as the, the rest of the offensive side of things, um, you know, Kings had some decent chances, but not a lot. Um, you know, Kevin Fiala would like to have seen him be a little bit more active. Um, but, uh, the shootout attempts as well, um, was disappointing to see the Kings not getting any shootout goals and only, you know, two shots of the three with the Trevor Moore losing the puck while he was stick handling. Um, but I mentioned the Brendan Lemieux thing. And one of the moments in the game that I thought was the bad call was the extra roughing on Lemieux. Um, I know for some, he's a bit of a polarizing player. Some people don't like him, think he's a little bit too reckless. Uh, don't think there's really a role for a guy like him in the game anymore. Others see him as an asset. The only real player on the Kings who's willing to mix it up, to be an agitator, to be someone the other team has to worry about, to stick up for his teammates when it calls for. 
Um, I'm I'm actually in favor of having having a Brendan Lemieux type on the Kings roster. Um, I think they they do have a need for him. I think it's better that he's back in the lineup. Um, but but he does come with a reputation. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think it's likely that that may have played a factor in him getting that extra roughing. Um, if you saw the 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 penalty, it was one of those ones where Lemieux had the Arizona Coyotes player grabbed his grabbed him with his glove around his neck, his neck, his jersey at the neck area. And he's doing that thing where he's, you know, they do the little jabs where they punch guys where they're holding on uh, with their fists. And the other player was doing the same thing. It was basically, Lemieux did it once, the other player did it once, Lemieux did it once, back and forth. Never really saw in any replays anything extra from Lemieux. It was pointed out by Jim Fox in the TV broadcast, and he may, and he may have made a very good point that the referee, uh, Kyle Raymond, um, the whole time this is going on as he's in between the two players, he's only looking at Brendan Lemieux and he's only talking to Brendan Lemieux. Now it is possible. He may have said something to Lemieux. I don't know what, but it's possible. He said something to the effect of, Hey, that's it. No more. And if Lemieux decided to get another one in, then that could have been where maybe he got the extra. If he did not obey the officials commands, kind of like a referee in boxing where they tell, you you know, they, they tell you to stop punching and you throw a punch anyway, and they could take deduct a point. Maybe it was something like that. Um, but like I said, Brendan Lemieux does come with a reputation. He is going to get more attention. The referees know about him. You can say it's not fair that they look at him differently than they do other players. But, um, you know, those reputations at times are kind of earned. He likes to mix it up. He likes to get in there and get in those scrums and do the face washes and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like I said, uh, I, I, like Brendan Lemieux in the lineup, I think he does provide a benefit to the lineup by bringing that little edge. But there are times when it is going to possibly hurt the Kings. And he took the first minor, and then uh, Trevor Moore called for tripping right after. And the two-man advantage was the only goal of the game scored by Arizona. So you could it is uh, fair to say that that penalty didn't help the Kings. But I also don't you – know, I, I need more of an explanation to know why he got the extra roughing because it didn't look by anything we saw that it was deserved. But again, could it have been something verbal? It could have been, but if that was the case, he, he the referee should have said roughing minor for each player and then unsportsmanlike conduct on Lemieux. But he didn't say that. He gave him two roughing penalties or the, other, or the Arizona player only got one. So uh, I, I would say that it seemed like that officiating was not uh, equal, um, but you can also, if you want to make the argument that that was a bad penalty taken by Lemieux, you could. I also think it absolutely played a factor that this was Brendan Lemieux's first game back in the lineup, and he saw this as an opportunity to get involved in the game. And so he did that because it wasn't one of those situations where Jared Anderson Dolan was mixing it up with a player and Lemieux came in to help him out. This was a separate incident away from that incident. Um, it may have been the, the Arizona player may have actually kind of bumped uh, Jared Anderson Dolan before he kind of got tied up with another player. But anyway, uh, that was that was an important point of the game. And depending on where you sit on that, it was either a bad penalty by Lemieux or a bad call by the referee. Or who, I don't know, who, who knows, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, as for the Kings penalty kill, which has been such a focus of the team, uh, they killed off five of the six Arizona power plays. Now, the Coyotes don't have one of the better power plays in the NHL. It's not bad, um, but it's not elite or anything. But still, when you kill off, Five of the six power plays. And again, six power plays for one team and the other team only gets two. That certainly seemed uh, uh, not equitable. Um, but again, good job by the Kings. The only 
goal they allowed was on the two-man disadvantage, which we just kind of touched on. Um, but good job by the Kings of doing, an, again, another, a better job on the penalty kill. That's something that is a key for them going forward. Rob Blake specifically pointed it out. It seems like it's been a point of emphasis for sure, as it should be. And it does seem like it's getting better. Um, as we talked about with Kings insider Zach Dooley, it does appear that it's getting better in key moments as well. And that was certainly illustrated by the penalty that Drew Doughty took in overtime that the Kings had to kill off to keep the overtime going, give themselves a chance, and then eventually get to the shootout where they did come up a little bit short. But I think the penalty kill is looking better, uh, slowly but surely, and that's a good sign for the LA Kings. All right, Jonathan Quick. Got to talk about Jonathan Quick. Um, I thought he looked very good, especially for having been out of game action for an extended period of time. Um, I can't remember the last time that he was healthy and there was a stretch of five straight games where he did not see the net. I have no idea when's, when's the last time that happened. I've got to believe it's been a very long time, if ever, to be honest with you. Like I said, if he's healthy, he's usually playing. Uh, or, you know, they, he's not sitting for five games, but that was the case with him with Phoenix Copley taking over the net. Um, and, and to be honest, he didn't have to make a lot of high quality saves, but he did have a couple of very solid saves. Um, and then we talked about the Kings being shorthanded. There's a cliche in hockey that your best penalty killer is your goaltender. So if that is the case, if you believe in that old saying, then you got to give Jonathan quick, uh, a lot of credit for that as well. Like I said, the only goal he allowed was a two man disadvantage. It was a pass through the crease from one side to the other. He had no chance to make the save on that. So he did not allow a bad goal in any way, shape or form uh, in the, in regulation time or in overtime. Um, as far as the shootout goes, he did have a misplay on Nick Bukestad. Bukestad made a fake quick went down and he was basically done after that. Bukestad skated to the, to the right side, took his time. Quick was sprawling like Superman flying, trying to desperately get a piece of it, but it was a wide open cage and Bukestad put it home uh, with, with uh, quick sprawling kind of on his belly and that was the difference in the shootout. That was a little bit disappointing, but I think overall, I think an encouraging performance for Jonathan Quick. Again, I know it's the Arizona Coyotes, um, but again, he needed to come out and play a solid game, not give up any bad goals, and um, I thought that absolutely was the case. Like I said, the, two, the only goal he gave up in regulation in overtime was the, the two-man advantage for Arizona, so he, he helped the Kings absolutely get a point. Um, now, we'll see... If this performance, well, it can't hurt him. It can only help him. But how does Todd McClellan handle things now going forward? Um, Phoenix Copley is of late getting all the starts for the most part. This was the second of back-to-back -back games on back-to-back -back nights, so you knew Quick was going to be in net. But does this performance help him to get more time in net? We shall see going forward. Um, the Kings don't play back-to-back -back games again until late January. Uh, coming up this week for the Kings, they've got Big home game against Vegas on Tuesday. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, Thursday, they're in Colorado, and then back home Saturday against Philadelphia. So um, if Phoenix Copley continues to play well and the Kings are winning, I'm guessing he'll still be in net. But if something happens in one of those games, if Copley doesn't play well, you could certainly see Quick going back the next night, or the next game, I should say. But um, we'll wait and see. But an encouraging, solid performance, I thought, for Jonathan Quick against the Arizona Coyotes. Up next, we're going to check on the World Junior Championships, which started today. Um, we're going to get, do a quick Ontario rain report. We'll check the Pacific Division standings. All that coming up in just a second. Also news on a special guest coming up on tomorrow's show. But first, I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. 
Uh, it's a podcast that talks about the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, uh, and Locked On's take of the day. That is Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So on a Monday, I usually like to check the Pacific Division standings, kind of let you know where the Kings stand as we head into a new week. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights continue to be the top team in the Pacific Division. Overall record of 24-11-1 for 49 points. That is most in the Western Conference, third most in the NHL. The LA Kings sit in second place with a record of 19-12-6 for 44 points. So they're five points behind Vegas. Four points up on third place Seattle. The Kraken are 18-10-5. and five. But Seattle has five games in hand on Los Angeles. So they're going to play five more games than the Kings the rest of the way. Four points behind. So they got a lot of chances to make up those points. Fourth place is the Calgary Flames up one spot from where they were a week ago. They have a 16-12-7 record for 39 points. They've got two games in hand on the Kings. Five points back of LA. Edmonton Oilers are now in fifth place. 18-15-2 for 38 points. They've got two games in hand on the Kings as well. And then you've got the rest of the division, Vancouver in sixth place, 15, 15 and three, 33 points, barring a miracle. They're done. Uh, San Jose in seventh place, 11, 16, excuse me, 11, 18 and six for 28 points, barring a miracle. They're done. And the Anaheim ducks bringing up the rear. It would take an act of God to get them back into the playoff picture. Nine 22 and four. They are tied with Columbus for the fewest second fewest points in the entire NHL with just 22. Uh, we haven't talked much about the Ontario Reign lately. Um, they have played two games over the past week, and they went 0-2. Uh, they lost this past Tuesday to the Calgary Wranglers 4-1. Cal Peterson was in net for that one. Uh, his worst game since being down in Ontario, as far as statistically the number of goals allowed in a game. He allowed four goals on 41 shots. Alex Turcott had the lone goal for the Reign, his second of the season. Quinton Byfield, an assist. And then the next night, they lost to the Wranglers again by a score of 5-2. Cal Peterson not in net for this one. Matt Pawalta gave up four goals in the um, four goals in this one, three of them in the third period. Leah Sanderson had both the goals for the Reign. Quinton Byfield, no points in that second game. So 0-2 uh, in the last two games for the Ontario Reign. World Junior Championships got underway today in Canada. The Kings have three players taking part. Of course, defenseman Brant Clark for Team Canada. Forward Kenny Connors for Team USA and defenseman Otto Salin for Finland. Uh, the U.S. will take on Latvia and Canada will face Czech Republic later today. Um, we will update you on Clark and Connors and how they do on tomorrow's show. Um, Salin did play today for Finland in their 3-2 overtime loss to Switzerland. and He did not have a point. He is a defenseman again. And I believe you can watch all these games on the NHL Network. And I, I'm pretty sure they're being streamed online as well if you want to check them out. Um, I'll, I'll try and find out the information and give it tomorrow, but you could probably just Google it and find it real quick, but the world juniors are underway looking forward, especially to see how Brant Clark does for team Canada coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, we are going to preview Tuesday night's big showdown first place versus second place in the Pacific division as the LA Kings host the Vegas golden Knights, Ken bulky from sin bin Vegas. Who's been covering the Vegas golden Knights since their inception does a really good job is going to join us as a special guest and talk about uh, Kings versus Golden Knights. I um, think you're going to enjoy that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's going to that's going to basically do it for this this week's show or this today's show. Uh, but I do want to thank you for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen of the day, and invite you to check out Locked On Sports today as your second listen. Again, biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions to game recaps, 
Locked On's Take of the Day. That is Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you have any questions you'd like to send me, we will have a feedback show at some point this week. Um, the feedback will be, I think it's going to probably be on Thursday like we had over the last few weeks. But anyway, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com if you want to send an email to be read on the show. Uh, we are on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings. We are on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for making Locked on LA Kings uh, for watching and uh, watching or or listening, whether you're on the YouTube channel or the podcast. Uh, Have a great day. And as always, we say to close out the show, go Kings, go.